We are listener-supported, One Radio Network. Indeed we are, and thanks for your support. This is uh, Patrick Timpone. Good morning. Uh, OneRadioNetwork.com is where you found yourself. Find your own. And uh, it's the 5th of December. Remember, remember, the 5th of... No. It was the 5th of November, that movie, right? Well, here we are. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, I was up half the night. I just had something with my tummy, and and I'll tell you why, I think. But uh, anyway, Adam Bergstrom's here. Um, before you hear me whine about my stomach, we'll uh, set you up for the week. A little bit later on, uh, uh, Fred Dashevsky in the real world of money. Lots going on, and we're going to visit with him, and then we'll do a show on, on Wednesday as well, you and I, one-on-one. And we always... Um, trip to light fandango and see what's going on in the world of health wealth and well-being and also who we are why we are where we are and what's it all about alfie one of our specialties but we have no idea where we are so you know what can i tell you i'm just learning like you are and then tomorrow um richard proctor richard is a an expert on the constitution and um, there's already rumblings about, you know, how things rumble. Always, already rumblings about uh, with different states that are beginning to see the writing on the wall with a lot of things from um, Davos and the WHO and the central bank digital things. And um, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, well, we're going to talk to Richard Proctor tomorrow about the monetary system, the Federal Reserve, the constitutionality of it all, and then where the states have an, uh, um, an opportunity to step up and um, tell the government they don't want to do, uh, and, and all these other organizations like the WHO and Davos and the Fed, that they don't have control over them, and they really don't, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, he actually told us uh, oh, a year ago, check this out, that if the state in Texas or California, well, good luck there, Texas or Florida, would, would just um, just decide that they didn't want to pay federal income taxes and they wanted to just kind of bail out of the whole deal, they could do it. And they could have state taxes, they wouldn't get any money from the government, but, you know, places like Texas and Florida, they're doing great. And whenever the government gives you money, like the Fed does, they have strings attached. You got to do this. And, you know, I, I think this is where we're going. I hope so. And we'll see. Probably will, will be the only way that you and I make it out of this thing alive, whatever this thing is. So that'll be tomorrow. It'll be fun. And then this morning, Adam Bergstrom. Adam's a good guy. He is the, uh, um, he and Vibrant Gal run the operation solartiming.com and Sunset Nutrition. He's on a couple times a month. Adam has been um, doing research for these kinds of things forever and ever. And he's been around forever and ever, but he's still going. So so that's always good. Hi, Adam. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> what do you got there growing on your chinny-chin-chin, man? What's, what's Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of beer there. You going to grow some, you think? It's uh, Christmas. I'm going to be Santa Claus. Yeah, you might as well. You might as well be Santa Claus. What's been going on in the great state of California? 
uh, usual, you know, just more repression. And now Gavin Newsom has let out, what, 9,000, 7,000 perverts out of prison so they can go fondle little kids or whatever they do. Oh, so he's doing the whole pervert thing. No, good for him. Boy. You could think he'd he, think of something better to do as governor, but you know. He he's in office because of the Getty family, and that's a pretty wild family, a pretty weird family. Yeah, yeah. They, John Paul Getty. What was he into? He was in the steel and and all oil. Kinds of, the Getty Oil Company. They used oh, to have a right. refinery right up the road here. <laughs> Getty Oil and, Company. Yeah. And he's the guy that said, uh, when they asked, how do you make money? He said, uh, go to bed early, wake up early, strike oil. He's already said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, just go to bed early and strike oil. Yeah. Easy peasy. If you'd like to be on the show with Adam, uh, you can call 888-663-6386 if I quit knocking things over. And then uh, email Patrick. One radio network.com. Um, I found that somebody sent me this uh, black and white video, 75 of Broda Barnes. Pretty interesting. I sent it to you. What did, what did you think about that? Tell folks what he wow. said. Wow. I think I wrote you back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. a find. Yeah, that was great. Especially, you know, with uh, Ray Pete gone. Yeah. That was one of his inspirations, and that was so beautifully done, and you can see why Broda Barnes was an inspiration for Ray Pete. Why do you think? Uh, oh, what did you see in the video that you liked? Well, the, the thing about the thyroid and how it, heart disease is not high cholesterol. In fact, fat helps. So yeah, okay. that, that's why the one thing I disagree, one of the few things I disagree with Ray Pete was on drinking milk. I drink cream low-fat milk forget it i knew that back in the day when i was a milkman for a month <laughs> we were we left the uh, skim milk you could not leave if someone was out of town for a few days you could not leave it but cream leave it it's gonna last oh so uh, obviously because of the fat because of the fat in there huh? the fat is what mm. does it and the fat if you're not going to have sugar you're going to have fat because that's what the liver thrives on. Over-protein in the liver causes a problem. So Ray Pete warned about muscle meat. He did not warn about the fatty liver, the fatty organs, the thyroid, the eyeballs, all that stuff. You know, no problem. And not that muscle meat is a problem for like a child you need or the, a younger you need the person. Fat. You need fat. The fat is what you need, yeah. It, now, the exception... If you were a perfect vegan and knew exactly what you're doing, which who does? What you got to be a, a expert chemist. Then, if you had no oils at all, you could make oleic acid from your own sugar. But when you have other fats interrupting, it interferes with the process. So mm. basically, it's uh, theoretical rather than practical or, or in reality. So, <laughs> survival stuff is what it would be. Uh, yeah, um, Broda Barnes was really, really um, key, keen on the fat, wasn't he? I mean, he mentioned that a lot during the interview. Yeah, how important, and this is back in, what, 75 or so. I guess this was right around the Atkins diet. No, maybe not even. 
before Atkins died, probably, right? That was 75, and I read that very book that they hold up in 77 or 78, yeah, it was I right believe. before Atkins, right, yeah. I was already messing with uh, uh, temperature, only I got it wrong. I did it in the mouth. So Back yeah. then, mostly we did it in the mouth. You know, you can do it in the anus, you can do it in the armpit, you can do it in the ear, you can do it a lot of places. Yeah, I got one of those ear jobs, and it's pretty, pretty accurate. Um, That's what they do nowadays. Back in my day, we had the mercury thermometer in the mouth. So he was talking about uh, the brain and sugar, but it was coming from the fat in the liver, and the liver makes the sugar. Do you, I was getting the idea that when he said sugar from the liver, that he's really talking about these things they call ketones. Is that right? Same thing? Mm. Same thing? Yeah. Different, but that's a good a good question. Ketones can be a problem, and they can be beneficial. As Ray Pete put it, you don't want to eat. Uh, you want to eat ketones. You don't want to burn the ketones because they're your own muscle that's being burned. But if you eat the ketones in foods, then they're very beneficial. I don't beneficial. think that's right, though. Is it? All of these carnivore guys, and even me, I'm growing muscle, and I'm on ketosis all the time because of the fat. So I'm not burning muscle, so I don't think that's right. Doesn't sound uh, right to me. Doesn't feel right to, to me. Well, according to all the research, and also people who say they're in ketosis aren't in ketosis. Your breath will smell really bad oh. if you're on ketosis. Mine it's like keto. Right. There's not too much difference between keto acidosis and ketosis. Mm. They're very much the same. Diabetics burn ketones. Well, it's all confusing to me. I don't know. I just eat and food now and figure out what, how I feel, you know. <laughs> is a lion on ketosis. It eats all meat. It's not in ketosis. No lion is in ketosis unless you starve it. As soon as you starve the lion and it eats its own flesh, it's in ketosis. What does that but mean, ketosis? Check, what does it mean anyway? Where'd that it, word come it, from? It was it, the keto, the whole keto diet thing, right? Low carbs. It, if people were able to do it, which mostly they aren't, because they'll eat something even in the meat that has sugar it's called glycogen but if you're in ketosis you burn your own muscles there's no yeah. getting around it <laughs> well i'm not mad because i'm making but, muscles. but check it out check it out because if, a lot of people will tell you the opposite but ketosis well, but first I, of all look up and see if an, a lion the heaviest meat eaters in the world are not in ketosis only if they're starving then they're in ketosis no you can start to go into ketosis uh, in a couple of days. Usually it takes about three days to go into ketosis. That's why people fast for three days. It's not. Uh, it's the toughest part of fasting because then your body turns down and you're not clinging anything because the body's in survival mode. Anyone, and I've done 15-day fasts, but if you do, uh, if you're in the fourth day, then your body just turns down. It's not cleansing anything. But the first three days, if you want a really severe fast, which I don't recommend, three days of fasting, one big meal, three days of fasting, one big meal, then your body is going to cleanse. The trouble is, in, in fast, which way does the toxin go? In our civilization, we are so toxic now, it goes into the bone. It doesn't come out the pooper it goes into the bone i hate it when that happens well it wasn't isn't ketosis the idea that was being sold at them with the ketogenic diet some years ago and it first kind of plopped out 
that when you do less and less carbs, you go into ketosis, and that's what um, that's what the body's running on. The brain is running on that, and then you have this more even, more energy, and that's what I feel with eating more animal fat and meat. But I don't know what it is. I can't tell you that's what's going on. You know, I have no idea. I have no idea. You know. Our brain runs on it, definitely. It just, it's just where you get it. I prefer to get my ketones from my food, not from my, from my body, because that's, that's where it comes from. Oh. Oh. But you can take, we, we have a lot of, we can rebuild our muscle as we go, but it's more practical to keep your muscle. In a way, uh, burning your muscle can be handy because supercompensation is rebuilding the, the muscle you lost. So in a way, it's not a 100% deal. You know, If you rebuild new muscle, then you have a new body. So we have something called uh, cat- catabolism, which, which uh, if we don't kill our own cells, we die. That's metabolism. It's anab- it's ca- uh, build, uh, breakdown, build up, breakdown, build breakdown, up, build up. Yeah, yeah. It's like if life, our cells, right? yeah. yeah if, if our cells don't die, we die. Mm-hmm. So our cells are always croaking. It's kind of like the the um, <clears throat> Trinity, right? Um, what is the sheep? It is. It's the same thing, isn't it? It's um, what is it? It's build, maintain, and then destroy. And destroy, renovate. Is, yeah, is the, yeah. So it's that. It's that. What are the three things in the Buddhist thing? And it's really, it's really God. Let's see, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The same, the same principle, right? The same is, thing, different yeah. names. Whether you call it Brahma, Vishnu, Vishnu Shiva, Shiva, right? Same thing. It's all the same thing. It's that idea of three is a very powerful number. So, so everything in reality, I guess, is always manifesting maintaining and then leaving right same thing with our breath we we exhale so we can inhale anew and we, we get rid of the old to bring in the new in fact for for longevity one of the tricks is breathing out your negative emotions and breathing in the environment especially during a thunderstorm or a sunrise or a sunset you get that energy. Gurdjieff correctly pointed out that we don't just eat food and water. We eat impressions. So we eat what we taste, what we smell, what we see, Everything. what we hear, and we're, what we feel. Yeah, we're taking it all. Yeah, I played around with, uh, a lot with that, Adam, on this, when I was going through my little tummy thing, which I still have every now and then, because I... I had it last night because I'll tell you more, I think. But anyway, what I'll do is I'll lay real still and just slowly, slowly breathe out. You know what I mean? Because when I breathe in deeply, it actually makes it worse, which is interesting. I almost feel like when you breathe in deeply, it almost feels like you're coming back into your body, you know what I mean, and feeling the tension more does this make sense? Rather than if you're just lying there doing nothing, going slowly breathing out. 
I feel that. <laughs> By the way, oh, yeah, you, you know, yeah, we it's, feel it's crazy, other people's states. Yeah. Automatically, you went into some kind of a delta state there because I, you, you feel it in your body. I've, I've been around uh, Darshan and Delta long enough to feel the feeling, and viewers replay this, and that I, I felt you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you're in Delta anyway a lot. You went, Remember you went for that sleep test and they tried to tell you, oh, no, that's a bad thing. You're asleep. You look awake to me. <laughs> so, so years ago, I, you know, I've been, I've been doing this can't sleep thing forever, right? And so I went to, somebody recommended you go, why don't you go to this guy up there in, in Austin and they'll wire you up in your brain and you'll, they'll tell you what your brain is going and they could help turn your brain down or something so they, they what did they tell me adam they show me this sheet and they print it all out it was like 200 bucks and they said well you're in delta so we could we could give you some stuff so you can sleep right and then what'd you tell me <laughs> yeah that, that's the, the state you want uh, donald lay recommended <laughs> delta and and it's actually well known that when you're in that state uh let's take a sleepwalker a sleepwalker isn't in theta because in theta you're paralyzed. That's called servakapa samadhi in yoga. <laughs> Nervakapa samadhi is when you take that unconscious body or make it conscious in that state and the environment walks you. You don't walk, the mm. environment walks you. Then you're walking with your out breath, not with your in breath. In our in breath, we get ego. I'm really hot stuff. Right, so we're more, in the, we're more in the body, right, when we do. We like, puff up. You even call it. I'm puffed up. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, in my yeah. ego. I'm hot. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, then when you're out, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. The secret of astral protection is identification with everything else. That's like right. if we take my picture, what am I doing there? I'm seeing myself there, but I'm here. And if a million cameras took pictures of me, I'm everywhere. And that's the truth, but we refuse to believe it because when we in-breath, we look inside and say, hmm, I'm in here. I'm trapped in this body. How do I get out of here? What am I doing? <laughs> well, that would be an argument for, for not doing what we did for a long time, all of us probably, jogging and really spending, you know, 20, 30 minutes breathing in and out. Is that is that similar principle where we don't... I don't do that anymore. I, you know what I do? Uh, it's just so I, I do like 45 seconds of burst every morning. That's all I do as far as cardio, right? You did it again. You, you, when you identify with that state, you go there too. So focus is the key. If you focus on uh, a rabbi I studied with, called it predatory vision when we focus like that but when we go to if we focus on non-focusing like uh anyone can do this experiment go out and find a tree with just a pattern where you don't see uh things mm -hmm. you recognize and, and stare at the tree yeah after a while you will go into a state that the first time it happened to me, I sobbed for a half hour. I couldn't believe such a state could be so easily attainable. Uh, when I was at a Sufi camp in the 70s, we were told to go out in the woods and just look at a tree and meditate. So when it happened to me, it was so profound. But then I knew how to do it. All you do is defocus and then you're in a whole other theta state and then you're at the doorway 
to uh, to uh, Delta. Yeah, Delta, and also more spiritual awareness, right? More spiritual awareness like that. Yeah. If you hang out in Theta, then you're closer to Delta. It's like you ever heard the saying, uh, you're driving me crazy. And the answer is, do you know the difference between a drive and a putt? <laughs> <laughs> so you want to putt yourself right from Theta into Delta. One of my teachers early on who introduced me to my current teacher, he used to say the same thing. And because I would ask him, you know, how, how do you... How, how can I know this? How can I know, you know, he said, just look and see. That's what he would say. Just like you just said, look and you see. And I've done that a lot on the inner planes where if you, if I see something that's kind of uncomfortable or it's not too interesting, that state of consciousness, I don't know about this, you know. I don't know if I want to stay here. What I do is just look and see, look at it, because I am it. Right, I'm looking at myself pretty much, right? And it, all of a sudden, it it just dissolves, just like you were saying on the out. It just dissolves, and then you're in another state. And you say, "Well, how did I get here? All I did was look at the state I was in, but I didn't really. I don't know. So did I? When I do that, I'm, what are we doing? What am I doing? Not identifying with the state, so I just dissolve to a new one. Is that what's going on? At, at that point, it is called the I am. I but am. most people say, I am a table, I am a person, I am a this. But if you just say, I am, anything, the doorway to eternity and infinity is open at that time. Yeah. One of my mantras is, this I am. Perfect. That, that's a good one, right? Because the this means it looks like it's separate from me, right? This, but it's not separate right this i am um and then of course i am that i am that's a good one too you can say that one to your cows come home and some pretty fun things happen yeah and what it means is i am that that i am see i am that i am but that, so it means that denotes something separate that denotes something different doesn't this demote a little bit softer that's why i like that one better you know what i'm saying rather than that i am that means that puts it away from me like it's separate from me but this do you know what i'm saying it works the i am that i am just demonstrates the principle that we are not a table or a person we are the i am we are <laughs> so i am it's like looking in multiple mirrors at the barber shop you remember that when you used to go to a barber shop and you'd see you here and there and there and there and there and into infinity same principle so 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 this leads us to a, a very cool idea that i think a lot about and i know you do just talking to you, that none of us has really got it totally figured out but everything that we see and experience is us right just yes projection even Jung talks every, about that but every soul you are part of me and I'm part of you and vibrant gal and the trees and squirrels we just are right yep. I mean we just are you know it's like crazy that's, that's my belief and it makes perfect sense and we've all uh, had expanded experiments where that. We, uh, we've seen yeah. that yeah we've seen that whoa I've seen it on the inner and you just you just know it's true you know, and you come back in your body and say, was that real? You know, 
and you, so I write it down and I'll actually, I ask myself, was that real? And it is. And uh, I think what happens to, you know, for us for lifetimes, that we come back on our body and say, no, no, that wasn't real. That was just, you know, <laughs> I had bad, I had, I had some bad pasta, bad pizza the night before. <laughs> I even had one of my sons take it to the next level. He answered the telephone. But they, but uh, the people on the other end could not hear him talk. But he answered right. the telephone, and and after he answered the telephone, at one point he turned around and saw his body lying down in bed. So he thought, "I'm going to go look at myself in the mirror." Right. But then it scared him. So he went and went into his body. He told me he didn't know how he knew how to do it, but he got into it, and his body jumped off the bed. Then he called his mother back, who had called three times. Twice, uh, he said hello, and no one was on the line. And and the third time, uh, it, anyway, it was her calling, and his body had actually answered the phone. His wow. other, but one of his other bodies. We, other we body. don't just have one astral body; we have infinity of astral bodies. Woo woo! I have found that too with out of body experiences. First one I had was in '83 when I in the tunnel. It was amazing with the light and the whole thing, and the moment. I decided that I needed to go back, you know. I was talking to this being my teacher, saying, what's going on here? Where am I going? And this is cool. Should I keep going? And he kind of said, well, it's up to you. And, you know, <laughs> I, said, well, I said, well, what'll happen to, I had a dog, two dogs. What'll happen to my dogs and my girlfriend, my mom and my dad if I keep going, you know? I'll always remember this, clear as a bell. It was all telepathically. And he said, or he said, it said, whatever, spirit said, well, if you keep going that way, then they won't exist, you know. He didn't say, you won't, he said, they won't exist, which to this day I knew that I would be in a different state of consciousness and they just wouldn't exist for me any longer. Does that make sense? You know, you get that, right? So exactly. the, 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 the nanosecond that I, that I came to the point, I said, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Man, I was... Boom, back in my body. I mean, that quick. And my, my girlfriend was kind of, I was in the front seat of a car, and she was kind of hanging over me, freaking out. She thought I died, you know. She <laughs> said, I was getting ready to call 911. And I, she said, you turned white, and I thought you were dead, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I popped right back in my body. Oh, it's a trip, isn't it, how everything that's going on that we we're just always discovering more and more stuff. But but crazy people like you and I, we've been kind of looking at this stuff our whole lives, haven't we? You know, you, all the stories you tell and all the people you've run into, it's pretty fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. been very fortunate to have. It's funny that I've had teachers on all persuasions, like a right. rabbi, a Sufi, uh, a, a Christian, a yogi, uh, who else? Oh, and, and a Tai Chi guy, Master Chen. Mm. He was frustrated because he said he couldn't get any of his American teach uh, students to astral project more than fifteen feet. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows he knows yeah. that we're everywhere, anywhere. You know, obviously. But he can. I I actually experienced him go someplace. One time we were at that ranch when I first was on your show, yeah. and uh, we were out at the ranch doing tai chi, and a plane flew over, and suddenly I felt a connection with Master Chi and that plane, and I said, "What the heck did I just experience?" So 
we went back in to continue the workshop and he said you know i was out there and i went up to a plane and was in there talking to a lady because he was worried about the airplane and i was talking to her about it i said holy cow i felt that i was oh, that, that plane that flew over <laughs> isn't that cool isn't that cool? now he could have read my mind because he definitely well could read though he mind, sounded like a dude that was he was all over the place you know uh, I think I think he did the first workshop I took with him. He was doing Tai Chi. He said, "By the way, I'm demonstrating this now in China too." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of the inspirations of my life, Master. Ch it was so fortunate too because he came to the ranch to do the workshop. Yeah. So people would say, I'd "Well, where are you from? I'm from Boston. I'm from here. Uh, here. What do you mean here? Here? Here?" I here? The, the ranch. I live here at the ranch. You live at the ranch? <laughs> I went to one of his uh, workshops in Austin, and you know he was on. You hooked me up, and he was on the show one time. What a cool guy! Just he is just the sweetest. Like, folks, you, you should see this fella. He was like this little, this little Saint Buddha. <laughs> but you knew he was strong too, right? I mean, you knew uh, you knew he was strong, but he was so, so kind of. In the love mode, he was very interesting fellow. Very, I want to go Definitely. see him someday and do some kind of workshop out there. Or is it? You said he was in California, Master. Yeah, he's Shannon? in California now, but I think right now he he has a place in uh, Colorado, huh. uh, and that's his center. And he was sent here uh, by his teacher, who lived 129, to uh, spread uh, Tai Chi and uh, Wu Dang to the West. And Longevity and things like that. Mm -hmm. Longevity too, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Obviously, his uh, his teacher lived 129. Thirty, if you go by, see the Chinese count from the time you're conceived, three months as a sperm and uh -huh. nine months in the womb. So you're a year older in China. So she's 130 in China and 129 in oh, the cool. U.S. So I'm really 77. That's oh, cool. That's great. I feel better already. <laughs> Ray Pete, God love him. I, we would be remiss if we just wouldn't uh, tribute a bit to Mr. Pete. Well, let's let's do a little commercial first, and then we'll come back. By the way, if you have any thoughts or um, ideas or something you would like to say, now you're going to get me crying here if I keep talking like this. You know that because you know me. I'm just anyway. If you have any ideas about Ray Pete or thoughts that you would like to share with others and Adam and Patrick on this December 5 day. Ray Pete uh, went left to reality on Thanksgiving Day. Nice day to go. Uh, you can call 888-663-6386. Email Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Thoughts or ideas or just tributes or just to say hi about Ray Pete or whatever else you got. It's cool. And um, I should have saved all the emails I got. And you know, I didn't do it. And I don't know why I didn't do it. Man. But maybe I could go find some more of them. Because you know, we don't, don't plan ahead a lot. Um, we know that most seed oils in the planet, 99% of them are just not good. <laughs> so be careful. There are some seed oils that you can get like Andrea seed oils, which are like pure, pristine, <laughs> no friction, no little or no heat, 
This is a German fellow uh, that was a gold medal winner. And you know how these Germans are. They get focused on doing something. And uh, for some, uh, he was in a hospital. And, uh, well, I won't go through the whole thing, but he, he, he says that uh, his neighbor uh, pressed fresh flax oil, one of the oils we don't really recommend a lot because of all the good things in there, the other crappy things in there, but it saves his life, so go figure. You know, you never throw the baby out of the bathwater. So he got on to this whole oil thing, and he started to figure out a way, being the German that he was, to how can you press oils without making them uh, toxic or um, oxi- oxidate? And almost all oils, you know, <laughs> almost all of me, the cold press ones in the hippie food store, uh, you don't want to take them because they'll just oxid- oxidize in your body. So he's got some oils that do not do that because of the process, and they're pretty medicinally crazy cool oils like coriander. I think that's from cilantro, and you can use that to help the body to ditch um, heavy metals, coriander, right? But cilantro, ba- black cumin seed oil. Now you can go on Dr. Google and say, what's black cumin seed oil f- good for? And, uh, you know, it'll cure about everything except, uh, you know, except uh, big government, you know. I mean, it'll, it'll do it all. Um, uh, so, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. So um, you can use these as medicines, is what we do. Pumpkin seed oil. Um, he's got black sesame seed oil. These seeds are pretty powerful things. There's a few of them that I wouldn't do because of the PUFA quality, but uh, that, that's just me. But these are really wonderful oils. They are called Andreas seed oils, and the one I have on my screen here is milk thistle. And you talk about letting Mr. You know, Mr. Um, Mr. Liver get happy, snappy. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, a lot. Cool stuff. So what happened to all of my... Oh, here they are. He, he wants a milk uh, elk antler. You know elks? Before I start my work day, I like to get my workout in. It makes me much more effective throughout the rest of the day. Now, one of my favorite supplements to use in conjunction with my training is Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. These are sustainably and humanely harvested from U.S. free-range animals. Now, what's interesting about elk, deer, moose, all these animals we call the cervids, is they're the only mammals who have an organ that actually falls off and regenerates every year. These elk antlers grow out in just a matter of a couple of months. In order to grow like that, they need growth factors, steroidal compounds that cause that rapid growth. Those can actually be harvested, freeze-dried, and put into solution that you can actually utilize in your own body. Now there's been a back and forth history with this being banned for doping in professional athletics. Currently, it is legal, except that it is really rich in IGF-1, which is a banned substance. Now, of course, this is a natural substance. This is not a steroid. But when you look at natural substances, you won't find anything more powerful than elk antler for recovery, for lean muscle growth and maintenance, for metabolic enhancement, and for recovery after injuries and surgery. This is incredible stuff. If you're looking for a natural supplement that boosts your metabolism, helps you grow lean body mass, burns fat, increases libido and energy levels, and helps your body regenerate from your workouts or from injuries or surgeries, take a look at Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. Hey, Brookstrom, I'm kind of thinking as I'm listening to that, 
I mean, if elks can grow a whole organ like a, a deer, why can't we? I mean, <laughs> what's up with that, you know? There are teeth. The actual uh, horns are related to the teeth. They're growing really? like a... Yeah, like in uh, antlers and uh, what it tusks, uh, they're related to teeth. Oh, same type of thing. We so we can we can grow it. In fact, you know those mythological creatures with horns and uh, antlers and the things great like mammoths that. and all that. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Pan, a, a Pan, and even Satan sometimes has them. You know. I, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Satan Claus, he has his uh, horns transferred to the reindeer. <laughs> Satan Claus. That's not where that comes from, is it? Well, it's, you know, it's related <laughs> to materialism. You have the oh, sure. uh, all yeah. the physical things and et cetera, et cetera. So not necessarily bad. Uh, Donald Lay used to say, Satan is the director and God is the producer. So the director puts us through the paces. You got to do this scene like that. Yeah. Hey, you got a scene here with pretty heavy. You got to go be punished for something that you did. And you're in jail for 20 years, but that's part of the script. I don't want to have that script. Well, then you're in the wrong show. I'm the... <laughs> I'm the producer here, <laughs> and, and the director is telling you, you better follow the director's instruction. Basically, he made it kind of simple. He even called him Uncle Natus. Uncle Natus. Uncle Natus. We call him Cal Niranjan. Cal Niranjan. That he was created by God to put us through our paces so you and I can can grow spiritually and overcome obstacles. Right? Overcome obstacles. Yep. That's, That's the it. movie show. And of course, we're free of the movie show because as uh, Adonis Lay said, Dracula can't come off the screen and bite you. Right. That's very profound. Tell folks what he meant by that. And this is very, I think it's very um, important to say it in this day and age, right? When the show is doing everything it can to suck us into the to the movie. Tell folks what Adano meant by that. Well, it's like what we're seeing here is a movie. Yogananda said it. Other teachers said it. And even Sai Baba put it like, uh, what is Maya? It's uh, illusion. But what is the illusion? Differentiation. So we have a villain. We have, uh, would you watch a show without some kind of villain? Even a romantic comedy, it's always someone trying to steal the love of the other girlfriend, you know? Right. Something about Mary, you know? There's a villain there. There's always some kind of villain comes in. And uh, the villains are often celebrated. They get Academy Awards for being winter, right. uh, winners. Right. But we simply would not watch a movie uh, without a villain. No way. Yeah, I mean, as you know, I'm a screenwriter, and uh, that is that is intertwined in all story, uh, you got to have conflict. Every right. scene, and every scene is really about, as I, was, I, I learned from so many screenwriters, it's um, intention and obstacle. So in every scene, if you watch a scene, in, go to your favorite movie, and any movie, and just, you know, a scene, scenes are two or three minutes, in every scene there's a, there's a, the, the hero wants something. He wants something. And there is a person in the scene that doesn't want him to have it. This is pretty much the way life is, right? We, we, we are moving through life and we want something until, 
Now, let me, let me put it this way. Until you get out of the movie, and then you can just push forward doing what you want, and you don't have to worry about anybody. And that's the deal. I think, I think that's what's called, there's probably names for it, Adam, uh, uh, self-realization, whatever, Cos- cosmic, cosmic consciousness, whatever, you know. Right. Actually, uh, Donald said that the the uh, enlightenment, uh, the joy is in the in the movie. Basically, <laughs> I said you can be uh, conscious, and uh, but the joy is actually in the movie. By the way, congratulations on winning the LA Screen uh, Writers Award. Well, yeah, it was just one one of the LA things, but that was a pretty good one, wasn't it? Isn't I'd it? say so. <laughs> Los Angeles Film Award, right? Best document, bet not document, best dra- dramatic screenplay, The Real World of Money. Pretty fun. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to sell that puppy, baby. I mean, <laughs> we're going to sell that guy, man. I really loved Ray Pete when you had him on the all. Thanks for having him on the show. You're welcome. Um, um, what a sweet guy he was, huh? He was. Uh, he was a selfless person, and uh, he was a yogi too. You know, he could he could affect electronic instruments. He had to have his coworkers when he's in a laboratory check his results because he interfered with them. He could talk to cats. He said he claimed they talked English, and he proved it to his girlfriend one time. He could talk to ants, and he could even affect a cl- an atomic cloud center. <laughs> Uh, chamber, chamber, yeah. not center. Yeah, he's very, very evolved being, and, as we all are, and we don't know it. Uh, and uh, but he's very humble, and he just did his thing right the whole his whole life of trying to f- help people find their way in the world of health and nutrition. And he really, he, I saw a Facebook thing you did. He saved your life, really, pretty much. He did. Well, he did. I had edema. I had uh, a, a lot of things. I think I told you that I couldn't wipe my butt without blood. <laughs> and that was 2015. After I, uh, the main thing I did was oranges. I thought it could be the kale too. It was giving up tuna and mayo because I'd never, even though I knew the dangers of uh, fish oils, I learned that from Ravisi in the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, uh, I didn't know about yellow fat disease. I first heard it. You remember, you did the first show with him while we were in New Zealand in 2013, 14, I believe it was. The, the oh, way winter. long ago. But we, yeah. Didn't, we, yeah, we didn't start having him on regular till what? I think May of 2020, something like that. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. But the, before that, you heard that early show. And yeah. I had already, see, we first heard him. Uh, a friend introduced us to him, and we heard the orange juice and the milk combined, and we said, "This guy's out to lunch," you know. Yeah, crazy, but then man. we started listening to some of the other stuff and became duly entranced. We have probably listened to every show he's ever done that we could find, hours and hours of it. We fell asleep to Ray P. Both on your shows and other shows, we fell asleep and uh, found he's just like you said, humble beyond and helping before he died i found out that two days before he died he's helping people on the phone is that right yeah. and he died peacefully in his sleep uh, they think of a stroke but 
Maybe it was his time to leave. He made it to 86, which is better than a lot of health gurus, you know, yeah, a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, And right up to the end, he was just very clear, very cogent. And then just towards the end there, he just started, you know. His mind was still cogent. It just the way he was he expressing was hard to get out there. Yeah. yeah. And his slow piece. Some people used to criticize his slow pace, but that's how he thought and put things together. He was that part of him it's rare to have a computer part of your and a human part he was able to maintain both the humanity yeah. look at these people from davos don't they look like robots they look like they're already transhuman yeah. Yeah. they look like james bond movie creations know. you know oh klaus looks like a he looks a perfect villain in a movie isn't he uh, Perfect. Even the clothes he wears, my God! <laughs> it's like it's like Hollywood put this dude together, you know, kind of the whole thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, it I is interesting to, to to think about that. I I've been looking at that a lot when I'm when I'm uh, soul traveling. I have to really watch myself because I can get too excited, like I do in physical reality, and start talking really fast, you know, and get excited. And when I do that, then the whole experience kind of fades a bit. You know what I mean? It's like a spirit is always what is always trying to tell me to, okay, relax, Patrick. Take a breath here. As you just said, because this is how I can look at things, contemplate them, and come to a conclusion by thinking quietly and slowly, and not blablabla. Does that make sense? You know, and if you go blablabla, you know, it's a little mind going, you know, and you get lost pretty quick. Does that make sense, what I just said? Equanimity, I believe they call it. Equ yeah, where you're, you're calm. It's just a word for calmness. Oh, In other words, calm. that you 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 don't go here, you don't go to this side, you don't go to extreme. Well, you can go to extreme joy as long as you match it up with extreme sorrow. So you, but you stay in the center of it and you watch yourself go into these states. And you realize right. you're in a movie. Yeah, you know? as I think, uh, I, I think Buddha called it the middle path. I think that's what he was referring to, right? In uh, Paul Twitchell, uh, one of my teachers. Uh, he called it the razor's edge. There's been different different names for it, but that's the idea. And one of the things we have on my path is called Viragi, which is V-A-I-R-A-G-I. -I. I think that's how you spell it. And it's called, it's um, the practice of not being for or against anything. Right. Pretty cool, right? Not being, just like you just said, not being too much for this or too much against this because when we are tell folks what happens when we're too for something then uh, you end up uh you end up cruising for a bruising actually because then you're gonna do you're gonna be too much against it later on it's right. you get caught up in it you get captured. caught up in it you get captured in it right that's crazy isn't it, when you think about that except of course the neutralizing factor is love Right, and which is no opposite to that, as long as you're pure love and unconditional, and you don't want something from the other person, you know. Right. You're just loving them, like you love your dog, or you love your cat, or you love Irish, and you don't want anything. But as soon as you want something, you know, then 
then you just created bad juju on the other end. <laughs> True. Because, you know, the warp and the weave, as Gibran put it, is good. The good creates the bad. Uh, hmm. A lot of times you will see, uh, like a Christian show, talking right. about you don't want to be hang out with demons. So the kid is with Christian parents, and he thinks, hmm, I'm going to get my parents' attention. I'm going to be a demon worshiper. That'll course. get their attention. Yeah. So that's what Gibran meant, that we have to be careful about being too uh, rabid about our goodness or too rabid about our badness because they come yeah. back. Either way, themselves. you know, either way, because we're all get a little... It's almost like um, it's almost like bouncing back and forth on a ship going across the ocean. Or another another wonderful metaphor a pilot told me one time. He said, "When you fly from L.A. to Hawaii, ninety percent of the time you're off course." I was like, "What?" Because they're always doing this, you know. Same principle. They have this course, but life, which is spirit and the winds and who knows, the magnetics, whatever, flying through the air at 500 miles an hour is always. So the pilot is staying on course, but he's always a little bit off course. Fractals. 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 That. That's a really interesting analogy. Isn't that fun? I'm thinking about that. When, and this is how we go yeah. through life. You know, we go. <laughs> that's it but you still end up there you know you still end up there it doesn't matter and the cool thing is my experience adam is that god whatever it is uh doesn't really care one how long you take or even how far your left or your rights is because he's not out there or she's not out there it's not out there saying well you shouldn't have done that you know only religions do that right he even says it in religion, the first shall be last. I mean, there's, there's really, right. since there is no time, ultimately, the time and space is one of our greatest delusions. Right. And it's, but it's fun to be in the, the time-space oh, yeah, body. Yeah, uh, you, know. you know, in some, in some ways, I, in my own experience, I've kind of created the situation to match my... Uh, reading of the lord of the rings by tolkien hmm. Un unmeasurable odds were against them in the war in the middle earth and yet they won you know even though they had evil all over the place sauron and volcanoes and yeah. evil rings hmm. and orcs and everything but they won hmm. so it's kind of like that you know uh, the good eventually i believe does win even though there's a lot of sheep bought apocalypse going on out there. <laughs> sheep bought apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Uh, they, you know, they're telling us now they, they want a driver's license for the Internet. They want to keep you off the Internet because they realize it's a threat. You know, it was a military operation and it got out of hand for them. So yeah. they want you to be inspected. And they, they of course, they want to they, they want to be looking up our butt and everything about it cash and whatever like china but we need to do what the best thing is information the antidote is what the chinese people are protesting now what did they do this is what they hold up what's that a blank piece of white paper oh that's the protest they're all just simply hold up a blank piece of paper huh. 
and oh. look they're they're uh they're they're getting freer than the rest of the world because the 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 commentators are saying look they're finally raising up against the chinese because they're doing all this lockdown look at canada look at here they arrested a guy here during the the lockdowns he went out on a paddleboard a quarter mile out they had to have the police and spend all the money to go out and get him and round him up and fine him or jail him or whatever they did to him so it's happening here too <laughs> yeah yeah uh where did you find or receive confirmation that dr pete passed it seems like the news came from anonymous youtube comment on a video from on the back of the tiger, have you or anyone else talked directly to the family? No. His, he, his, his wife... He, he left. He, you know, he left. His wife, Catherine, confirmed it. Yeah. And uh, Catherine... And he, <clears throat> yeah. yeah a, a close friend of the family called in. They had a memorial service on Facebook that yeah. I attended. We attended. And yeah. we did... That's when we did some of our uh, tears coming out of the eyes because it was very dramatic and very personal about how he left uh, his wife Catherine who he's never mentioned her name in now, all the he time never, ever, he never mentioned her all ever only from this friend a personal friend who was there and had talked to him uh, a few hours before he had passed away I think the evening or a day before because he was helping her help somebody with some kind of a problem yeah and uh, then he just peacefully passed away so she asked the people who know the family uh not to uh not to uh call that she needs her space right now because she's grieving and they're having the funeral and everything and i think her niece also called in and some other people who knew the family oh. so yeah i, wish it, I would have uh, known about that yeah i didn't i didn't know that was going so they did a live facebook uh yeah, they're video? probably gonna I think they recorded it. It's kind of, oh, yeah, cool. with, with uh, chat, you know, and everybody could call in. And, oh, uh, that's it's, cool. It started late, so we read about 30 minutes of chat and all the comments and things of that nature. Oh, you know, so. yeah. yeah, the first notice I got was from somebody who had produced a, a documentary on him and knew him and knew the family. So I knew this, and... And this guy was a real fan, obviously. I never, I've never seen the documentary. I, have you seen? Yes. One? Oh, was it Excellent. Good? Excellent documentary. Yeah. Well, this yeah, person those guys is, are really yeah. good. Yeah, this on person the is the one the that sent me an email because I guess he had heard him on our show. Um, so I knew it was he would make it up, a fellow like this, you know. So we knew it from that we were on solid ground from the beginning. We saw his notice on Facebook. Uh, another friend of mine on Facebook had sent it to me, and that's when I saw it. But at first, I wondered, you know, this could be some kind of Silly. a, uh, yeah. yeah, but it's definitely been confirmed. That's why we d deliberately listened to this show, because we knew there were enough people there that would someone would call in and confirm it. And so, yeah. yes, yeah. it's confirmed. Inter interesting, too, that he he hadn't been on the show for what was it two months or three months right so he was he was definitely feeling that he was on the way out huh yeah his his throat was somehow affected too his yeah. speech obviously so Could. always enjoyed with the ray pete show pretty great guy very wise and sadly missed from paul yes he will um not only did he save my life, I wrote 14 books because of him. <laughs> Yellow fat disease. I'd, I'd never heard the term before. Well, I heard it 
on that first show in New Zealand when you interviewed, and I'd heard him heard it elsewhere, but I never looked it up. So the trouble started when one day I told Vibrant Gal, I'm going to look up what the heck is this yellow fat disease? And holy moly, <laughs> it got out of hand. You know, and, and it's also a good time to mention that regardless of what Adam says or Patrick, Ray Pete or anyone, that you are so unique in your soul, mind, body, hence your body and what you can eat and what you can't eat and get away with. That, um, right? The Warren Buffett effect. <laughs> yeah, it's like, be careful. I mean, it's good to take advice and say, well, I'll try that. But just pay attention because that's how you know whether or not, you know, it's good for you. For example, let me give you one example. Ray Pete used to drink regular milk, right? And I asked him. He would go to the store. I think he would do organic, he said, when he could. No, he did lucerne. <laughs> oh, he did lucerne. And it was just pasteurized, homogenized milk. Really did, bad milk. Safeway milk. Yeah, and Safeway milk. And he lived uh, 86, right? So, And he was pretty much there the whole time. That's that's not a, you know. But uh, so I, uh, they... They uh, dry up the goats in this time of the year. I love goat milk, raw goat milk. So, so they so they don't have milk anywhere for goat milk, and they um, so they're, they're having babies. So they'll have babies again in January, and then the milk will be there, and we'll get get the milk. So I thought, well, uh, I'm just going to do some cow's milk, and I couldn't get some from the raw milk guy because they they were low on cow's milk. So I said, well. I'll just get some organic milk from the H-E-B. That'll be fine. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I drank, I drank about 16 ounces. I warmed it up, drank that one night. You would have thought I drank hemlock or something. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it, was, it was really hard on my body. Now, isn't that interesting? How can that be so different yeah. from somebody else? How can that? And look at, look at moms give their kids this milk. Their whole lives, and they do okay. But we're all so different, aren't we? We're all just so different. I was raised on it, but of course, the milk I was raised on was homogenous. It was not homogenized. Oh, wasn't it was homogenized? The cream all went to the oh. top in a glass bottle, not a plastic bottle. And now they give the cows all kinds of hormones, and you never know. A lot of things that they shouldn't be given that we don't even hear about. Yeah. And look at uh, Warren Buffett claims he gets one quarter of all of his calories from high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> high fructose corn syrup. Wow. Yeah, he he drinks a whole. I forget how many Pepsi Colas he has a day, and of course he has all kinds of uh, uh, other desserts. They own seeds candy. They eat that. They eat peanut brittle. They eat all <laughs> kinds of things. Charlie Munger is ninety nine. Look at that guy. <laughs> he's still <laughs> and, going strong. And he just eats a lot of just junk, doesn't he? Oh, you should see the stuff. Even even when they have their meetings, we used to watch their uh, yearly stock. He's always meeting. snacking on these these. Always oh, got something in his mouth the whole time. <laughs> he's a billionaire at ninety nine. So I guess you know. Ninety nine. What can you say? And he's right? designing buildings here, but but he designed a dormitory that's controversial because they pipe in the light. There's no windows <laughs> around the the building, you, or the students aren't allowed by the windows. They're in the middle, and they pipe in the light. 
to let you know it's daylight and uh, nighttime by piped-in light, which, of course, is quite a controversy here, even even in uh, Santa Barbara. <laughs> so I want to ask you, is that, that movie you mentioned, the very popular one um, about Middle Earth, what's that called? Oh, I read the books. I was proficient. I even learned uh, the, the, the different Middle Earth languages, like on and on I went and memorized the poetry. But Peter something or other, the director in New Zealand, was given the assignment of making the movies. And I've seen movie representatives before, and I went to the first one to diss it. And it was really good. I mean, he so did, this is he a did a Peter. I know who you mean, but Jackson, Lord of the Jackson. Rings, Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings. So, just the basic premise is you go into Middle Earth, underneath Earth, and then you have a whole culture, and they. No, Middle Earth is like uh, Middle America. It's oh, like, it's like uh, it was America. a region of Earth before it got changed over and humans took over. There were orcs and there were elves and there were dwarves oh. and there were all kinds of creatures and pre-human. evil. Pre-human. Yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah. They, they, and the hobbits. The hobbits with the hair on their toes. They were friendly little creatures. And and uh, anyway, it was about the, the quest for power. And the ultimate lesson might have been that uh, power... Ultimate power corrupts, corrupts. Huh. and it was about how this ring would transform the best of intentions and make you evil, and you had to destroy the ring, and the only place you could do it was in the evil Sauron's volcano where you would drop the ring in. Huh. And at the very end, the uh, one had been, who had been corrupted to evil, Gollum, the evil Gollum, ran off and bit off the finger uh, with the ring finger bit it off but then fell into the volcano so there was a button i used to wear frodo gave his finger for you <laughs> so i was really into it i had all kinds of records memorabilia buttons uh, everything when yeah, did that I, first come out do you know uh well the books were written probably in the 40s or 50s, somewhere around there. The movie came out in, uh, let's see, 2002 or three, somewhere like that. The first one, they he shot all three movies at once so that people wouldn't age. You know, they, uh, they had basically young people playing the hobbits. And then they decided and, that and did one, two, and three, right? Oh. Yeah, each year it was released. And... This guy, Peter Jackson, I don't think he's a good uh, director, frankly. I don't like anything else he's done. But those three movies, it, somehow it ended up a masterpiece. And I'm a so big fan you, of those movies. When you say he was given the assignment, was this a spiritual thing or? Hollywood. Oh, Hollywood, Hollywood wanted him and, to do it. Wow. Yeah, and they thought, other people thought they were nuts. You're taking this unknown director who's only done a couple of indie films and you're going to give him a project like this and give him millions and millions and millions of dollars to do this? And in a foreign country? Are you crazy? Well, it paid no, off. They weren't crazy. So he did it all. He shot it all in New Zealand? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, all in New Zealand. And great scenery. It's a great place for scenery, that's for sure. Yeah. Politics suck. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a. Did you watch any of the um, uh, Game of Thrones thing? 
No. Game of Thrones. No. I started watching this pretty cool story. I mean, it's very popular. It's like, I, I watched three or four episodes, but it was so violent. Mm. Great stories, great characters, but I couldn't deal with it because I, if I would watch it before late at night, my dream world, you know, I was all over the place, you know, I was like, okay, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. So I can't, you know, so unless I watch it sometime in the morning, which I'm not going to do, so probably going to let that one go. Um, Most people, uh, those violent movies put ideas in people's heads, but I use it to defuse myself. I oh, love revenge movies. Charles Bronson, all of those old ones, and now I think I told you I watched Chicago Overcoat recently. Right. I'm back watching movies again. I just love movies. Well, yeah, but these these are, were more than violent. These were like, you know, they'd poke people's eyes out and they'd chop people's heads off and they'd put a steer or they'd slice their throat and they'd show the whole thing, which is weird, you know, to me. Just a little bit too much information, you know. <laughs> okay, I got it. You killed him, okay? You know, kind of like Tarantino did what he does in some of that stuff, you know. So You, you know. can go too far. Some of I them are just so. for uh, yeah, imagery. You know. I, I like it. Now, I don't mind violence if it has a good plot and it fits in, but what they call gratuitous, gratuitous violence, violence doesn't interest me either. Like, uh, I mean, because you can make scenes, even romantic scenes, with just a kiss and a caress make it very romantic without, you know, plopping all your clothes off and, you know, doing gymnastics, you know. It's like... Right. All the details. You don't there's have to a make big a difference. movie out of it. There's a big difference. <laughs> oh, God bless us all. Hi, Patrick. This is from Phil. Any books you could recommend that you wish you read in your 20s or earlier in life Love that Adam's podcast. Thanks to both of you for what you guys do. Much love. And I don't understand the any books you could re recommend that you've wish you've read mm. in your twenties or, or earlier in life. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I th I I think, and we'll, we'll both do this. I think what he's asking is books that I read when I was thirty or forty that I would have been better to read it in the teens. You know, if I was awake but you know who's awake when you're 17 i was lucky i you know made it out of the house without hurting myself you know um but you know some of my faves were the people that really kind of helped me a lot and this all started about 1978 so i was what 46 56 66, about 30 years old um a krishnamurti alan watts you know really wonderful guy uh, Osho Bhagwan Sri Rajanis you ever read any of his stuff he, mm -hmm. cool. actually I heard the books on tape from him talking Did you? Friends of, before he was ever known uh, several of my friends went over to India and studied with him and uh we listened to the tapes. Then I realized, how did all those books come out so quickly? He was such a good speaker that he they actually just did a transcript of yeah. all of his lectures, and suddenly you had, what, 30 books out yeah. just like that. Pretty cool guy. So, yeah, um, he, yeah, he was interesting. To this email, I think Krishnamurti is a go-to, and Alan Watts, right? T totally cool. Great stuff. Very, very um, evolved folks. Um, I like Tertium Organum, which is Ospinsky. That's a trip that explains to you exactly how we create a reality. I read that one 
1980, and my head exploded, you know. And that was actually rec- recommended by Osho. That's where I got the idea for that book, Tertium Organum. That's a good one. And then I got on to Eckenkar, and that's how I do that now. I don't read the other stuff. What about you, Adam? What are some of the books that really floated your bird or, boat or, early on? The first book I read when I first moved to California, between the eighth and the ninth grade, was uh, The Search for Bridie Murphy. Wow. And that was about reincarnation, about this Irish, well, this American woman who remembered this past life by Maury Bernstein. Hmm. Now, there was a chapter in it about the American mystic Edgar Cayce. So that led me to the library, and I read before Jeff Stern ever came along. I was reading... uh, Edgar Cayce, Mystery Man of Miracles, the Gina Sermonara books, the Thomas Sugru book. That was all that was available. Wow. And then, of course, right next to him was Madame Blavatsky, uh, a whole bunch of other authors. And so here I was off to the races reading The Secret uh, Doctrine, Isis Unveiled. These are books that thick. Wow. And I'm getting my education at that point in before I even got to the ninth grade, I'm getting it out of the library, and I realized they're not telling me the truth. Then later, uh, I discovered the Beatniks, and finally when I discovered uh, Jack Kerouac, I realized that the spirituality of the Beatniks was similar to the yogis, and the word funk, which has about eight different definitions or more, but... What musicians call funk is that happy, sad movement uh, moment. And I realized that was the equanimity they talk about in yoga. And so I would try to feel funk, not happy, not sad, just experience. Experience. And so I was doing that very early. And Jack Kerouac was my uh, hero at the time. And years later, I was in Boston on a rainy day. I was feeling depressed. And it started pouring. So I ran into a bus stop. And there was a brand new copy of the Dharma Bums, which was my favorite Jack Kerouac book. So I thought, what? It's brand new. It's just waiting for me. So I took it home and reread it and went through the uh, emotions of uh, because uh, Kerouac was a great writer. He was a miserable human being because he was an alcoholic. <laughs> and, you know, he, he never resolved a lot of things in his life. But he was a great writer, and the Dharma Bums is my favorite. On the Road is my second, and I've read about five or six other of his novels. Yeah. Excellent man, and read documentaries on him and everything. So I was a beatnik, but I was a yuppie beatnik. I didn't know any beatniks. I was in California, and none of my friends were beatniks. So, so I went into all of that, and that was connected with yoga. I associated it with Yogananda and with all the other spiritual teachers I, I was yeah. reading. Yeah. So, Phil, yeah, those are those are some ideas that you can play with. and uh, You know, his uh, question might have been, what would we have read now that we should have read then? And it probably would be, it would be a book that wasn't written yet with, by John Taylor Gatto. And uh, even Illich, some of his books wouldn't have been written at that time. I would have read his uh, Medical Nemesis and books like that. And then I would have read old classics like uh, 
Uh, can I even pronounce it? Anaphylaxis? Uh, that's not quite right, but it's a classic from uh, spiritual uh, writer Jeffrey Higgins, I believe, that he wrote it from 1790 on into about 1826. And uh, what else? And I would have read uh, Light in Health. Uh, which was a find in the medical library in Fort Worth about the power of light and how we have an actual, the adrenal system is in our skin. It was, uh, they threw it away. There's no copies of it. I have the only, uh, what do you call it? I, I was smart enough to Xerox a copy of it. And so I may have the only uh, copy available and it gives proof of a force uh, parasympathetic uh, uh, autonomic nervous system. We have the uh, we have the sympathetic, the parasympathetic, the uh, enteric, and we have a paraadrenal system as well, which no one seems to know about. And what's the paraadrenal system? Basically, those little adrenal glands in the center of our adrenal glands the adrenal medulla the very center of it that little things are in the skin it's not just confined in the skin Hmm. it's in the skin and every cell that has uh uh every cell that has phenylalanine in it or ornithine and every cell go on where's the where are the where are the adrenals located well, according to mainstream medicine, which is full of hooey, uh, they're supposed to be little pyramidal ca- caps on the top of the kidneys. Little bitty not, things. But they're not, right? Well, they're elsewhere, too. They're even in the aorta. In fact, one of the things that confused me when I got into oriental medicine is yin and yang. Well, how come the yang part of the adrenals is in the center is the medulla and the yin part is in the outside you're supposed to have your yang side outside the border patrol so you can see what's going on you know and the part you can't feel the yin is inside so that confused me and i actually couldn't get into oriental medicine because that made no sense then finally i found out that first of all both glands wander there are actually more of the cortex in parts of your body but even much more of the uh of the uh medulla so your skin is completely filled with cells from the adrenal medulla the aorta and very important parts of your body it's a main thing and adrenaline and Ray Pete would disagree with this but adrenaline is the power of hibernation and the power of longevity along with you can do it with thyroid or you can do it with anti-thyroid there are two ways I never was a one-way person it always has to be yin yang and even yeah. ning yeah so so this whole idea of adrenal exhaustion is not as it's advertised only if you block your skin like in goldfinger then i guess you can get adrenal but we can get it from the environment even uh even though i have a window there that's blocking the vitamin d part of the light that light is energy and we are like a plant the very hemoglobin in our body can act like chlorophyll so we can get our energy and even our food and our muscles from the environment directly and that proves it because GE knew about it it was 
partly rediscovered in 51, I saw in a medical book, but nobody knew what to do with it. So these scientists that rediscovered part of it, they just threw it out again. And to this day, you go to medical school and you go to holistic people, they'll swear that the adrenal glands are on top of the kidneys and the adrenal medulla is in the very center. It's the smallest part of the adrenal gland and it's nowhere else. And GE at Schenectady Station, they knew this was nonsense. And, and they wrote about it extensively. And how does how does red red light are red light good for the adrenals or good for everything? Pretty much everything? All the lights are, but red light is good for healing because we cannot, if we took orange light in our body, it will kill us. Huh? But red light, shine a flashlight through your fingers. What color is it? Red. Right. Only red comes through. Nothing else can get through. Orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet cannot get through. But red light can. So red light is what heals. So if you shine even white light through your body, the red light in it will heal. But if you use a red heat lamp like we do, then it's very healing. It can repair DNA damage. So the idea that DNA, once it's damaged, cannot be repaired is nonsense. Yeah, come on. Gamma rays. Yeah. I mean, By the way, I was. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I was shocked, and I don't know if this is true, but the guy rang uh, a bell with Vibrant Gal and I. There was a guy who was involved in the Manhattan Project, and he said, "Though radioactivity is real, the handling of plutonium, which we pay the national budget to bury in the ground, is not true." He said, "If you get." He said many times he got a sunburn from holding plutonium in his hand. But he lived till 82, I believe. So what part did he say was, was made up? The, the, the waste stuff? Yeah, it's not. It's the energy part. It's the part we could be running the world on, and we're burying it at the expense of millions of dollars when it's worth billions of dollars. And he said, uh, Maury Udall, I believe it was, was mm -hmm. the one who signed the Maurice papers Udall? and said, "Yeah, yeah bury, bury all that." And uh, and he said it's nonsense. He said he used to. They say don't go in the chamber or get near it. And he said he went in there and picked it up with his hands, and he got sunburned by it many times. He said he had one in one pocket, one in one pocket, plutonium he's carrying around. He went swimming in the atomic pool, the pool they have that's supposed to be so dangerous that people get in. He said he swam in it. He drank the water out of it, the Whoa. plutonium water. Whoa. And he said, and, and he was six foot six. He was an old cowboy from Nevada. And then he became one of the experts. He designed the nuclear plants. He designed them to actually run on the spent plutonium that they buried. And, and by the way, I'd heard this years and years ago. I never heard it reconfirmed till I listened to his interview. They actually, Franklin Delano Roosevelt administration, sent all the atomic secrets to the Russians. They could have never developed uh the atomic power at the time that they did without hmm. our government providing them with all the secrets then we took the rosenbergs years later and because they gave atomic secrets which were really not much and executed them yeah. but we did not execute our man hammer have you heard that name the, hmm. the the man recently his grandson 
died here in Montecito just uh, November 20th, I think. And, of course, his son, Army Hammer, is the actor who was eating actresses' toes. So it's an interesting family. Uh, Army and Hammer, during the Cold War, brought Russia their food and everything and said, just give us your material. During the Cold War, he had dual citizenship between both countries, his family does, and they've done business with Russia on the sly all this time during the Cold War when no one was supposed to be uh, collaborating with the Russians. Now, you've been theorizing that the the boys, we'll call them the boys, the whoever they are, the obsoletes, that their end goal with all this global warming Green New Deal thing is to put forth nuclear energy and run the world that way. That's what you believe is is in the works. Well, according to what you're saying, that wouldn't be a, such a terrible thing, would it? I mean, you know if it's why done it properly? Why? It, if we knew the truth, it would be. If we put a nuclear thing in our backyard, like Bill Gates wants us to have, everyone, as long as they let me adjust it and not have an expert come in. They want, uh, even though it came out with the concept of convivial tools, a screwdriver is convivial because you and I can use it. But can you go in your a car now and fix the computer and all the little mini things? They design it that way so that you cannot work on your car. Right. When I right. grew up, I could change my oil. I could change my transmission fluid. I could change my brakes easy. Now they make it so complicated and non-convivial that you're a prisoner of experts. Oh, so they, they, want, they want to do this nuclear thing so they still control it. They have to come to your backyard because it's national security that they come to your backyard and see what you're doing up against your deal. So I'm not really that worried about nuclear disaster and nuclear winter and all that. I don't want them looking up my butt like a proctologist. I don't want the government to be my proctologist. And I want simple tools. They exist. We could have a computer. And it's been one of the pioneers in the Internet industry said we could have a computers for a hundred bucks. They put all the bells and whistles and things that people don't know if they don't need. If you simply said, I want a computer that does this and this and this is this is all I do. They could sell it to you. Indeed, they sell hundred dollar computers to Africa so they can brainwash them there while they're not available in the United States. Well, yeah, I mean, the iPhone is a very powerful computer, or the, you know, most of these cell phones, they're just little bitty guys, and people claim that, people claim that there's more computer power in an iPhone than they had in 69 when they claimed to go to the moon. That's interesting. (laughs) Well, now in the iPhone, we have more power than probably existed in the world in one iPhone. So that shows what humankind can do. But now, it could be used... A lot of people do not realize that the idea of... What does Zuckerberg call it? The metaverse? Metaverse, You know who designed that? Hmm. Timothy Leary. He thought it could be used for good. I have a recording of Timothy Leary saying how one day you won't have to go physically places. You will put on 
a helmet and you'll take your body any place you want and do all your business and then you'll come home back to your meat body and that's how it's going to be and it's all going to be a perfect universe yeah naively wow. not realizing that human beings have a dual nature and now we have super villains like like claws and uh, the, the what do they call them the young urban leaders who are they Klaus Schwab's young urban leaders include Leonardo DiCaprio, Putin, Elon Musk. These people are all working together. I mean, look it up. They're young urban leaders, Klaus Schwab's. So they give us a war for distraction. And meanwhile, they're using the iPhone to take over the world. They don't need to put something in our flesh to control us we voluntarily carry that uh, thing around sure yeah yeah and and uh i think uh, steve falconer really explained the central bank digital currency thing much better than i had understood it i don't know if you heard that but he says they're really they're really central bank digital coupons the difference are not a currency so what will happen and I think he's right because I've read some more on it. That say, uh, say Patrick goes and says, "Okay, I want some of your central bank digital coupons." And they say, "Okay, well, we're going to give you five hundred for whatever." But they'll all be dependent on how many they give me, depending on my social credit score, right? Facebook and all the different things that I do and what I say and and the internet sites that I go to and my health statistics too they're all in there right and my credit scores and everything and then I I might not be able to buy a particular product because what I'm going to be giving them is only a coupon right and it's all in the system where I go and say well I want I don't know this is an exaggeration but I want to buy I don't know cream and they'll say Oh, well, your cholesterol level is too high, so you don't get to buy cream. So you don't really have a currency, you just have a coupon that's tied in with a particular product. And he said that's the control mechanism they're going to do. That's fascinating if that's the case. It is the case. And indeed, see, they believe cholesterol is bad. They believe a whole bunch of things is bad. And, and as Dr. Cowan has pointed out, there's no endoplasmic material, uh, reticulum. There's no uh, uh, sensors and everything else we have in our body. Receptors, that's what I was trying to say. There's no receptors. So they're making a mythology up and making us sick instead of well by sure. doing this. Only you have no choice at that point because you're wired in and you can't get any cash out of the bank to buy anything unless you comply with what they tell you to do. And that's where the world is headed, where they want to take us. Will we go? I'm not going. I'm not going. I'll use dollars. I'll use dollars till the cows come home. And you know they're going to be around for a long time. I mean, they are dollars because there's 40 trillion of them out there around the world. 40 trillion you just can't just say they're no good anymore. The whole thing just falls apart. So I think dollars will be around for a long time. I really do. Well, you know, they're working at uh, stopping everybody. PayPal can't collect your money. 
that's how they get you by taking your money away that you can't get it and so ultimately where are you going to get your dollars from they won't let you put it in the bank they won't let you spend it oh no you can't buy that with this because we have control of it well it'll that's be cash i think it'll be yeah. cash yeah but, but they're not going to go away is my point those 40 trillion are not going to go out into the metaverse they're still there and oh, um, in fact money first of all is a fiction because uh say money all got destroyed now this computer's still here your desk is still here uh, the, your, your window's still there it's all there it just changes hands is the only thing so the money there's no such thing as a national debt or things going out because everything's still here the whole place it's just that it changes hands and that's what they don't want they want to keep the money for themselves not for us it just changes hands Same i mean story how you get they're not destroying this desk they're not destroying my computer they're not destroying my books or the walls or the house or the fire alarm or whatever they're only destroying a myth mythological there is no money uh it trinkets have been used cigarettes have been used for money everything shells have been used cowrie shells everything you can think of it's not dependent on well, gold or well, any of that the, the biggest challenge with all of that and i hear what you're saying because obviously i understand that but most of humanity are tied into this system with pension that's funds. That's what they want. <laughs> oh, well, we already are. I mean, they've got that. Pension funds. That's what social. we want to get out of. Yeah, well, how are you going to do that? And, you know, there's millions of people that are Nuclear dependent on their, on, their, you know, on their pension fund. Millions of people that live on Social Security that they control, right? Um, so, you know, that's going to be the big challenge for millions of people who are depending on this money that they've been promised, right? So... And it has to be changed because now, so you don't get your Social Security if you're a bad boy, if you don't do they're the things do right. That. That's where they're your going. Your cholesterol is too high. No cholesterol That's because we're paying out extra money. Well, I money think, Adam, you. this is where the, the, the digital coupons come in. They're going to say, okay, well, your pension, you know, you know that FTX thing? There's a lot of pension funds that are going to go down because of that because they invested in this scam. And then when the people say, I don't have a pension fund, the government, in my opinion, they're going to say, well, here, let me give you some central bank digital currencies because you're going to starve. You can't, can't live without your pensions. We, can, we don't want you out in the street. We'll give you a digital coupon and you'll be good and we'll take care of you. I think this is part of the, the plan. You know. Oh, yeah. Look at uh, Bankster Fried or whatever his name is. His He's name applauded. Is? He goes to a conference and they applaud him for being a criminal. He's applauded. He got a standing ovation after all the things he's done he's tied in with jeffrey epstein elon musk michael all milken all of those are tied in together yeah, i think he's just a patsy i believe in my if i had to take a guess that he was chosen to do this so they could really um sell the idea that cryptos are really really dangerous and bad because but we're going to give you the one that we think is safer and effective I think this is one of the, I think this one was a big scam and why he'll never go to jail because he's got protection. He's right. got protection. Just, just like China. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're going to have central currency. It's illegal for you to have it. We're going to do it and we're going to stop you. How? We have guns. We come 
to your house and we shoot you if you find out if anyone if you tell anyone you have crypto we shoot you or we jail you or we put you in concentration camps which is what they're doing now and why the people are finally rebelling and we'll see how that works yeah you know, there, there are people it. in china right now that are have you seen some of the videos and millions of people they they they're not you know they're not this having is it. not yeah. yeah and it's not college students like it was no. at uh, Tiananmen square this yeah. is actually people, the people. people. Yeah. Yeah. and they want xi jinping to step down and they even want communism to go away i don't know if that, i think that i've read where the chinese have always feared that when you got a billion people if they ever storm the castle what are you, you going to do <laughs> it's like okay what are you going to do you know what are you going to do that's the thing they have something called sheep bots who are entranced who follow the rules look at the covid karens during the covid thing yeah. the enforcers when we went to the fa- the farmer's market if vibrant gal had her mask down below her nose they came up and attacked her verbally attacked her uh hey guys uh the guys who eat junk food have good gene backup and maybe I know my mom has little health issues and eats lots of junky stuff, but I can't do it. Um, I think my opinion to this emailer, um, Elaine, I think I think we get more and more sensitive and some, it's just a karmic thing though, isn't it, Adam? It's different for everybody, you know. It's mine. You know, it's just, well, There's it's just. no DNA. <laughs> it's different from, from anybody, yeah. It's all what we believe, really. I think, isn't it? It is. If you believe you're going to die, you die. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. You know, a friend of mine, I think I told you uh, last year, uh, he died of intestinal illness, and I cried, and I was so affected that I got a hernia. That's not DNA. How could DNA be transferred by me finding out somebody? Now, it's a stupid thing to do. Give yourself a hernia because you're upset? What yeah. kind of nonsense is that? But I did it. And now, when I get enough mental force, I can fix it. DNA isn't going to fix it. Robotic surgery isn't going to fix it. I can fix it when I get over the trauma. You know, it's no accident that Swami Nitty Gritty got me tied in as a colonic therapist. I didn't want to be a pooper scooper. He insisted that I be a colonic therapist. So I ended up doing colon therapy. And I realized he was saying... You have some colon issues, and we're going to teach you how to work yeah, at it and to by working on other people and seeing what you solve their problems, then you solve your problem. And I always used to notice when someone would come to me as a client, I would have just had conquered that problem. And so I said, well, you know a lot about that. Yeah, because I just saw, I don't I tell just, them that, you know, because you, you keep your uh, image going, you know. But I just read about it because i had the problem or someone else had just had the problem previously that's the way it works yeah indeed the way it it does work um dna is like waving a a red flag in front of a bull because it's not there heredity i believe in we do have heredity through mental force though 
not through physical force. It's through our mind. That's similar with uh, what the recall healing is about. You know, your family determines it, not the DNA. It's the traumas they went through. And if you resolve those traumas, you get over cancer. You get over heart disease. You get over all of this. You don't need thyroid or any of that at that point. Once you get to that level and stop playing the 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 mind games of physical body then you get through it and you start walking through walls and things yeah did neil look at neil he took when you take the red pill you fly out of the out of the phone booth you fly and you wear your fancy sunglasses too yeah um um it's all as above you know just start there that's where all the action is right that's the only place it is that's it I think so. Oh, Equanimity. Yeah. You know, you when you think a lot of times you close your eyes, you're in delta at that point. You know, that that's a thing that uh that you can you can feel the energy when you do that, Patrick. And that's equanimity. That you can't get from DNA. You get it from consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole deal with the consciousness. Um Oh, this is curious. From Petra, Petra, where do you think the, where do you think all the power comes from? Where do you think the? I wonder what he's referring to. The power comes from. You know, that's a philosophical question, and I think we're just here to enjoy it no. because we'll never, you know, we are taught that analysis. Now, a child will take and rip science apart because the child asks the adult, why is the sky blue? Well, that's because of oxygen is blue in refraction. Why is oxygen blue? See, it never ends. The child will keep asking and finally, uh, that's enough. <laughs> you, you stop at a level. The science can never get down all the way to the subtle levels yeah Yeah, to truth exactly truth is not it it can't come from words it can come from the sound current from from uh intuition but it cannot come from analysis in fact they call it paralysis by analysis Hmm. so if you ask a philosophical question like that you can go on and on and on with the experts and the pundits and (laughs) we have so much of that information paralysis by analysis yeah and there's the libraries are full of all that stuff i mean you can you can read all of the conjectures of what what it is till the cows come home but in my opinion the only way you know what it is is look and see in experience experience it and say oh that's the way that works you had that uh, man on. He was a uh, Paul something. He was a, a grower where he didn't he water his plants and he let them just handle themselves. Oh, Paul Gauchi, where he did the, the wood chips over in his garden. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, he said uh, I don't have a nutritional degree, but I can taste. <laughs> I can yeah. smell. You can see the food here. Why do I need a nutritional degree to know this is good? Exactly. And that's really it. They want to say, what are your credentials? How can you have an opinion if mm. you don't have a political degree or a medical degree or some kind of degree? Where's your degree? 
I'm a human being. That's my degree. I can taste. I can smell. I can tell. I don't need your freaking degrees. <laughs> I don't need them. I don't need them. And more and more people are figuring that one out, aren't they? Oh, geez. I hope so. I hope so, Patrick. Man. They should be. <laughs> Tell you what. Uh, a little plug here, and then we'll be back. and Stay for a few more minutes with Adam Bergstrom. Um, I'm really having a good time doing this X3. You can go on the front page of One Radio Network. But if you'd like to learn more about it before you purchase it, let me offer this. You can just Google's X3 exercise, something like that. Let me see the right term. And, uh, and check it out so you don't just go buy something just because I tell you to. So let me just do that. If you go X3 so what you come up with is jakewishbiomedical.com. It's a little tricky, but if you if you just Google's X3 exercise or X, X3 exercise, you'll come up with uh, uh, some websites that'll take you to this website, Jakewish Biomedical. But don't try to remember that. You don't need to. And you'll see some videos, and uh, he'll talk about this X3 program that I do. And I think I'm maybe three months into it now, I'm not sure. I'll have to look at the calendar. You know me, I don't do the time thing. And I'm really enjoying it. You do it every day, about 15 minutes, and you do all kinds of things like overhead presses, and you do things for your um, biceps and your triceps and your chest, and really cool, different, uh, even the calves and the booty, and um, what are some other areas? Shoulders, and... um, this muscle over here on the other side of the chest muscles. I don't know all those muscle names. But it's a variable resistance using some bands, a very um, well-constructed non-petroleum latex bands that are very strong. Not some cheap things you see on Amazon. They sell, but um, you can actually go to a gym and uh, people do this variable resistance idea with chains. So you're always having pressure on the muscle uh, Adam and Ray Pete actually talked about where you can build them when you're going up and down like that. So that's the whole principle where you're not just going up and then, you know, <coughs> holding the thing up there and then dropping it down and then <coughs> up like that. So you can hurt a lot of joints and stuff like that. But I really like this. It's easy to do because it's only, you know, 15 minutes or 20 minutes max. And you're not sore, so you can do it every day, which is a pretty interesting idea if you're not sore, that tells you something really good is happening where you're building muscle without actually ripping the little muscle things. I don't know if that's what it's, if that's what a lot of muscle guys do. Adam knows a lot about that, but um, you don't do that because you're not sore. So that's curious, isn't it? How is that possible that you're not sore? How is it possible that you're not sore? Well, because you're not tearing anything, I guess. You're just building muscle pretty cool so check it out you can go to the website and then if it's interesting to you um, why don't you go to our website oneradionetwork.com oneradionetwork.com and um, you can see the the ad it's called X3 X3 and I believe it's still $3.99 not sure uh, the regular price is $5.49 but check it out 
I did the 549 thing because that's what it was, but um, uh, they had it so you can do, um, they have it set up so you can do uh, finance it over 12 months, just easy peasy, just one click and you're there. So that's what I did. I didn't have $2,000. I think it was 12 months, 10 months. I think it's, oh, I, I'm sorry, 549 mine, I'm 50 bucks a month. I think it's, I don't know, whatever. So that's what I'm paying is $50 a month. So check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. I highly recommend it. It's just a wonderful thing. I'm very, very grateful to have found it. Thanks to the listener who sent me that link. And it's uh, uh, X3 on one radio network.com. Daniel Vitalis, the colostrum we offer is from Moo Cows. Why is it good for people? There's a sort of wonder of nature in that there's this relationship between cows and people where cows' colostrum is actually extremely bioactive in human beings. We've known that for 8,000 years. And there are over 4,000 medical studies confirming that when human beings consume cow colostrum, this, a similar thing happens in their body. It starts to format their immune system. It seems to be due to substances that are found in colostrum like, that are called immune factors and also also this really amazing substance called transfer factor, which somehow transfers the immunity over from the cow to human beings. But the important thing to remember is that we're living in an era where there's more people alive today with dysfunctional immune systems than ever before. And colostrum gives us the ability to actually restructure, rebuild, and reformat our immune systems so we can really thrive in our modern world today. Thriving, yes, indeed, we like that. The colostrum is now in the one and two kilo bags as well, or you can get capsules or a smaller size. Just click an order right on the front page, and it's your thrival link on oneradionetwork.com. And that's kind of a moldy-oldy commercial, but you have uh, um, uh, quite a, a, um, a choice now with colostrum. So you have the original guy, which is um, very cool, the original guy. And then you have the vanilla and chocolate and strawberry and um, so different flavors too. So I think you'll enjoy that. And Sir Thrival has a new product. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, it's really interesting. And it's a protein thing, thing, <laughs> protein drink, but it's made from just, um, they get these black walnuts from the forest and people gather them. Oh, I want to find this thing. And it's, it's just black walnut and then they made a uh, a drink out of it. I ordered some. I you know I'm going to try it and see see how I do with it. I'm always looking for something to do in the morning since I'm eating uh, you know a lot of animal foods and uh, um, I didn't know that I didn't know that the uh, um, let me pull this up. I didn't know that the black walnuts have that much protein in it to do that, but evidently they do. Let me, let me find it. So they have Sir Thrival Black Walnut Protein Powder. 
United States wild-grown, sustainably foraged, and processed black walnuts. Ultra-clean CO2 extraction to draw out this powerful source of clean plant-based protein with 17 grams of protein per serving. Is that a lot of protein? Wow. Um, no fertilizers. This is wild black walnuts. And these people gather them, volunteer foragers around the country, and they bring these nuts to hulling stations around the Midwest where they paid by the pound for their harvest and they use sophisticated ultra-clean CO2 extraction. The nut, nut meats are then turned into an exquisite, high-quality, fully absorbable protein powder for smoothies and blended drinks and stuff like that. That sounds pretty wild. Now, these are wild uh, plant-based protein from um, black walnuts. And it's called black walnut protein powder. You can try some through One Radio Network and uh, go to Sith Rival and order that puppy. And it's not very expensive. Um, 